Good evening, church. Um, okay, now let's, let's start that one over. No, guys, I'm kidding. We're live streaming from the venue. Um, but as Andre shared last week, it's so strange to be in the venue, but there's no faces in front of you. But I know you are watching at home. So if you are watching at home, you can just give me a wave. I'm not going to see it, but at least you're doing it. So, but guys, welcome to church again online. It's such a privilege to be with you tonight. And I am so, just so aware that God is not limited to a building. Um, but he's a transcendent God and he wants to meet us where we are. So if you are tuning in for the first time, we're busy with a sermon series called Strangely Dim. And we are in week three of the series. So if you missed any of the previous messages, I really want to encourage you to go to our social media pages and spend some time on the, on the previous messages. Uh, last week, Andre shared on prayer and listening. And man, what a powerful word. And Andre uh, Andre shared from such a deep conviction, I can honestly say that he doesn't only preach about it, but he lives it. And he has such a pure desire for, for himself to grow in prayer, but for us to also grow in our prayer life. And some, if, you, if you're not going to watch, uh, if, you, if you're going to watch it, I'm going to give you a couple of spoilers. So just be aware that uh, just st- stuff that stood out for me from Andre's message was just that prayer is the simple conversation with God. Uh, us mere humans getting to speak with the creator of the universe. And what a privilege that is. And Andre shared that, that prayer starts with the revelation of the Father. Jesus models that to his disciples in, um, in the Gospels. We see where he teaches them and he says, uh, you start off by prayer, you start off prayer by saying, our Father, you adore the Father, you turn your attention to the Father. So prayer is not only us, not, it's not only me going to God with my requests and my needs, but it's me starting off with that adoration with that focusing, with turning my, my attention to the Father. Um, and that place, that meditating on who God is, directs my prayer. But we have this privilege to not only speak to God, but God speaks to us. And we get to listen, and we get to share in that. And I think what Andre shared last week is so relevant for where we are as a nation. And I'm, I'm sure that most of us have seen the, the news over the last uh, week or so, uh, about the looting and the protests and amidst that we're still facing the third wave of COVID. So it is challenging times. It is times of, of storm. Um, but in these times, where do we turn to? Who do we turn to? Do we turn to the wisdom of man or do we turn to the wisdom of God? It's in these times where the wisdom of man wants to elevate itself bef- uh, above the wisdom of God. But amidst these challenging times, amidst the stuff that we are facing, Jesus calls us to be salt and light. But we can't be salt and light unless we are people of prayer and people of the word. So with that said, tonight's message is titled Scripture and Meditation. So I want you to quickly just close your eyes for a moment. Just imagine this. Um, Imagine you walk into this beautiful setting and you have this table in front of you um, and on the table... There's a spread of food, a variety of beautiful, beautiful food, fresh fruit, uh, a plate of all the cheese that you can think of, uh, various meats. Oh, that delicious streaky bacon grilled to perfection, a cheese omelet with, uh, dripped with uh, uh, chilies on top. So just imagine all of that in front of you. Um, and as always, a breakfast buffet would have a cereal section. So... I want, to, I want to take you to, to your table. Uh, so you take your plate and you, you go into this breakfast buffet setting. And instead of spending time 
um, eating of the variety of food, you go straight to the cereal section and you open up the wheat bix box. You take out two, no, let's, let's rather go for three biscuits of wheat bix. You put it in your bowl, you pour over cold milk, milk and you head to your, your table and you start eating. And in three minutes flat, your breakfast is done. You get up and you go on. If you think about that, if you think about how we approach that, that breakfast buffet, aren't we missing out on so much? Aren't we missing out on enjoying the feast set in front of us when we just go for that cereal? Isn't that what we sometimes do with the Word of God? Let's pray. Father God, I pray for, for your Word that's written in our hearts to, to come alive in us, Lord. I pray for a fresh revelation of the value of your Word. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will come and teach us to, to enjoy the Word of God, to delight in the Word of God, to meditate on it day and night. Jesus, thank you that we know that the Word is truth and the truth sets us free. And I pray that we will build our lives on that solid foundation of the Word of God. Lord, may your Scriptures just come alive in us. I pray for a, a hunger for God's Word to stand up in us, that we will be, be people of the Word, that we won't be tossed to and thrown by the, the winds of this world. I pray this in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. So I want to, I want to take you back to that breakfast buffet moment. Um, we had all this, all this variety of foods in front of us. We had this beautiful streaky bacon, cheese omelette, um, but we chose the wheat picks. And how many times do we choose the wheat picks because it's the, it's the easier option? It's the, it's the convenient option. It's no strange taste. I think the box probably tastes better than the wheat picks, my opinion. But we go for the simple, convenient option that's quick. But we're missing out on so much. We're missing out on that nutrition of the rest of the breakfast buffet. So I want to share a story. When I was in grade seven, um, my parents moved to a different town. So I stayed behind to finish up primary school. And in that time, I was graciously taken in by people um, who, yeah, who really looked after me, cared for me. And we, we got breakfast in bed uh, every morning with a cup of coffee. So before you think, you that sounds nice, the breakfast, uh, unfortunately, was wheat picks. Um, I don't have a thing against wheat picks. Uh, maybe I do. But it was wheat picks. Um, and by the time that I would eat the wheat picks, the most of the biscuit already s absorbed the milk. So it, it was sort of this, this putty porridge with uh, lukewarm, uh, a, a lukewarm feeling taste. So it wasn't very nice, but grateful for food. Um, so I had my breakfast and I went to school. And by the time my first class started, I was hungry again. Uh, because I can promise you, wheat picks just doesn't have the nutritional value that you need as a grade 7 guy growing up very quickly um, to, to sustain you. So by the time um, my first class started, I was hungry. And I would be that guy, and I'm sure you probably had him in, in the class as well, I'll be that guy that behind my textbook would eat my sandwich, and the teacher would ask, what are you doing? And I'm just, now nah, I'm reading, reading my book. Um, I was that guy. So by the time first break uh, was there, my, my sandwiches were finished. And it's almost this vicious cycle that just kept on. I, I was never satisfied. Um, and 
this represented my time in, in God's Word and how I approached Scripture for, for a very long time in my life. I, I would spend a couple of minutes in um, reading the Bible. I would um, yeah, read the, the Bible Scripture or whatever I, I did that day, and I would close the Bible. I would get up and I would go on with my day. Um, but my soul was never fully satisfied. And as the day went by, I, always was, I was always looking for that next meal. I was always looking for that something to satisfy my soul, whether it was social media, whether it was friends, whether it was my studies, or just significance in, in relationships. Um, I, I was never satisfied, and I, I saw the Word of God just as this quick fix um, that never satisfied my soul. But that's not how God designed us. God wants us to delight in His Word. God wants us to enjoy His Word. He wants us to feast in it, not to just go for that cereal. Um, he, God gives us His Word to feed us and to sustain us. And the writers of the book of Psalms knew about the value of God, uh, God's Word. They, they feasted in it. They delighted in it. And when, when I'm reading the book of Psalms, specifically Psalm 119, which is a very long psalm, but just spend time in it, just soak it up. It's like when you're fasting and you're watching it, or you see a spur ad, and you're like ravishing, you're so hungry. Um, spending time in the book of Psalms is almost like that. It awakens this hunger for God's Word. To also delight in the Word of God, to also enjoy the Word of God, and to meditate on it day and night. So let's look at Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaves does not wither. In all he does, he prospers. So, just a side note, when you read the book of Psalms, specifically Psalm 119, um, there's, there's references to either rules or precepts or um, law. Basically, that just refers to God's Word, to Scripture. And the, the writer of Psalm 1 paints a clear picture between two ways of life. One is the way of the world. The other one is the way of the Word. And a person of the Word meditates on a day and night, delights in it, enjoys it, uh, feasts on it. So the psalmist clearly had a deep conviction of the value of God, and, and that's my prayer for us tonight, that we will have a deep conviction of the, the value of God's Word. Holy Spirit, just come and break open the Word of God to us tonight. So tonight we will be looking at the truth of discovering the value of God's Word, uh, how to approach the, the Word of God, and also how to meditate on the Word of God. And I, I really pray that our hearts will be enlightened um, with the scriptures, that, that uh, a hunger for God's word will, will awaken in us, for us not to only choose the cereal, but to, to delight in it, to feast on it, and also to apply it. So, I'm not sure about you, but uh, food is pretty important to me. Um, I'm convinced that it's, it's, it's very important to me. And I not only enjoy food, but I, I realize that I need food Otherwise, I will starve and probably die. And I guess you are no different. But that's how God designed us. God designed us to, to eat food for it to fuel our bodies. So we, we operate on, on the food that we eat. It gives us energy. It, it fuels us. 
So inevitably we place a high value on food and that is so, so evident in the past week where people were panic buying. Uh, Tani's buying 16 cabbages, I'm not sure if she's going to eat one of them. But people panic buying and, and grocery stores being low on, on stock of food. So food is basic, basic to our human needs. We, we need food to survive. But what about the Word of God? What position, what value does the Word of God have in our lives? And that's a question that I ask myself first. Um, the same that Andre shared last week. Tonight's message is not to condemn, but it's to bring truth. Because Jesus says that truth will set us free. And in that freedom, my desire is for us to, to have that hunger for God's Word. So someone who understood the value of the Word of God was Jesus. And in the, the Gospel according to Matthew, there's an account where Jesus was taken into the wilderness to be tempted. So Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and was hungry. I would have been hungry by day one. But the devil comes and he, and he says to Jesus that if you prove that you are the Son of God by turning these stones into bread. Now, I can just imagine after 40 days of being or of fasting, how hungry Jesus must have been. But Jesus responds with this quote from the Old Testament. In Matthew 4 verse 4 he says, um, Jesus answers, It is written, Man shall not live from bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So Jesus responds to temptation by turning to Scripture. Jesus understood the, the life-giving value of God's Word. So do we value the Word of God as that? Do we value the Word of God as that our portion of food? Now, as I mentioned earlier, um, I saw the Word of God as a sort of a quick fix with Big's meal. Uh, and that was quite evident in my spiritual life. My relationship with God wasn't growing. Um, I, my prayer life was shallow and I was definitely tossed back and forth by the winds of this world because I didn't value the Word of God. But by the grace of God, it all changed when I encountered a portion of Scripture where, where Jesus addresses the Jews now. The Jews in, those, in, the, in the biblical time, they were, they were scholars of the Word. They studied the Word. They knew the Word. And they were the ones that would teach people the Word of God. And Jesus speaks to them in, in John 5, verse 39, and He says, You study the Scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. So that was me. I was that Jew. I was that Jew reading my Bible, thinking by reading my Bible, I'm, I'm doing a good work and God will approve of me. Opening up my Bible in the morning, see God, I'm reading my Bible. But I missed the most important part. The Bible or scriptures is more than just a, a rule book. It's more than just an instruction manual. Um, it's more than just a collection of stories. The Word of God is a person. John introduces Jesus in, in his Gospel in the first chapter and he says that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He says that the Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. So that changed everything for me. Knowing that the Word of God testifies about Jesus. It speaks about Him. So, 
when we go to the Word of God, we get to discover the God of the Word. We get to discover His truth. We get to discover His righteousness. We get to discover His justice, His hope, the salvation that we can call our own. We get to discover all of that by spending time in the Word of God. So God's Word is unchanging. It's eternal. It's, it's not influenced by what's happening on earth. The things that we face now, God's Word is the constant in our lives. God's Word is the only constant thing that we can build our lives on. So why do we turn to the world of the Word of this world? Why do we build our lives on the fallible Word of this world, on the wisdom of man? God calls us to build our lives on the solid foundation of His truth, on the Word of God. And by doing that, we can have storm-proof lives. Yes, we will face storms. We are facing storms. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you have lost your job. We are facing storms. But the Word of God is that solid foundation where you can turn to, to find your hope and your peace. So if we allow the, the Word of God to be the ultimate authority in our lives, if we allow the living Word of God to work within us, it not only changes us, but it can change those around us. It can change the life and it can change the communities around us because we can be the salt and the light to the world. So what value does the Word of God have in your life? Do you, do you desire for God to speak to you? Read your Bible. Do you desire to get to know God's character? Spend time in His Word. So let's go back to the, the breakfast buffet again now. All these beautiful foods, uh, fresh fruit. If you struggle to imagine that, just go to a, a food lover's ad. Uh, they always have these nice fruit. They look so good. The, the apples are so shiny. When I take an apple, it's definitely not that shiny. So just imagine that. Now, the food can be presented and it can be as fresh as it could be. But, but me looking at the food, it will have no nutritional value to me. It's only when I, when I take that apple and when I eat it, when I digest it, it's only then that the, the, the food has value to my body. So when we eat food, the, it's broken down into smaller pieces. And as we swallow it, it's broken down to even further smaller pieces where it's digested, it's metabolized in our body. And we, our body uses that, the, the nutrients and the vitamins to basically give us energy to, to do what we do and to build new um, tissue and whatever you learned in biology but you can hold that shiny apple you can even lick the shiny apple but it won't have that nutritional value to your body and it's the same with scripture I can have my, my Bible open every morning, I can read the scripture but unless I eat the scripture unless I approach that scripture with spending time in it, with digesting it with making it my own what value does it have to me? And we see something of, of eating of the word happening to John in Revelation 10 verse 8 to 11. It says, Then the voice that I heard from the heavens spoke to me again, saying, Go, take the scroll that is open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. So I went to the angel and told him to give me the little scroll. And he said to me, Take it and eat it. It will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. And I took the little scroll, 
from the hand of the angel and ate it. It was sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I had eaten it, my stomach was made bitter. And I was told, you must again prophesy about many people and nations and language, languages and kings. So John wasn't merely instructed to, to open the scroll and to read the scroll, but he was instructed to eat the scroll. And that's how we approach the Word of God. We, we eat it, we devour it, we taste it, we, we spend time in it. We don't just go for that cereal, but we feast on it, we enjoy it. And we re read something interesting in verse 10, where it says that after John ate the scroll, it was sweet in his mouth, but it was bitter in his stomach. And that's exactly what happens to us when we encounter truth in God's Word. It's not always sweet. It's not always fun. But when we encounter the truth of God's Word, it changes us. It, it calls us to repentance. And, and it, it builds something in us that's lasting. So yes, sometimes the Word might be sweet in your mouth, bitter in your stomach. But the end result is us knowing God better, being able to stand firm on His, His foundation. So when you, when you taste of the Word, and it's just sweet, I think we should ask ourselves, am I really eating the Word? Am I really digesting it? Am I really taking it in, making it my own? Or am I merely chewing on it and spitting it out? Because the Word will challenge us. But truth will come and truth will set us free. And we can build our lives on that. I read a quote by Eugene, or a, uh, a quote from a book by Eugene Peterson, where he, he speaks about eating God's word, and he says, "Christians don't simply learn or study or use scripture; we assimilate it. So assimilate meaning we we take it in, we absorb it, we digest it. So we assimilate it, we take it into our lives in such a way that it gets metabolized into acts of love, cups of cold water, missions into all the world." healing and evangelism and justice in Jesus' name, hands raised in adoration of the Father, feet washed in the company with the Son. So feasting on Scripture, eating Scripture, digesting it, it changes us. It not only changes us, but it changes the world around us. It assim assimilating Scripture in us, allowing it to become part of who we are, changes us. And it's not only to our benefit, but to our neighbors, to our colleagues, to our classmates. Those people get to taste something of the goodness of God by us feasting on it. Going back to Revelation 10, in verse 11, it said that after John had eaten the scroll, uh, he was commanded to prophesy. So with us eating and, and digesting the word of God causes us to prophesy, causes us to proclaim the word of God. So the feasting doesn't stop. It, it flows over into pro the proclamation of God's goodness, of His Word. And my wife, in an in a incredible wisdom, shared this bone-challenging word with me one morning. She said that the time we spend with God in, in His Word, in prayer, in His presence, is not just for us. Yes, we get fed with it, we get, we get nourished with it. But more than that, it's also for those around us. It's for the brother who does not know Jesus. It's for the neighbors who needs to encounter the love of God. It's for our nation. It's for the, the missions out there. It's for the world around us. When we spend time in God's Word, we get to proclaim the goodness of God. So God's Word is there to delight in. And the writer of Psalm 119 says in verse 97, 
oh, how I love the law of the, of the Lord. Um, I meditate on it day and night. So God invites us to, to feast on His Word, to meditate on it, to take it in, to enjoy it, to taste of it. So don't just go to the wheat picks. Don't just go for that cereal. But taste and see that the Lord is good. And our culture of busyness, the, the society in which we live in, is demanding so much of our attention, so much of our time. And often than not, that's resulting in us choosing the wheat picks. Choosing the convenient, quick, easy, not that nourishing, um, nutrient-filled breakfast. But that's what we choose because we, we want to get it over and done with, done with the, the, the morning routine and go on with our day. But we miss out on so much. But meditating on the Word of God is where we sit at that table. We sit at that breakfast buffet with all those beautiful foods and we eat of it. We eat of the variety of things and we enjoy it. We digest it and we apply it. So what does it mean to meditate on the Word of God? And the word meditation probably has a bit of an obscure meaning in our current context. Because when we think of meditation, we think of a person sitting with his legs crossed and his hands like this and making humming sounds. But that's not what biblical meditation is. There's a difference between worldly meditation and biblical meditation. Worldly meditation, the aim is for us to, to rid our mind of thoughts, to get our minds empty. But the purpose of biblical meditation is to fill our minds with Scripture, to, to think of Scripture, to, to fill our, our minds with the meaning of Scripture and to connect with God in them. So the aim of biblical, uh, um, biblical meditation is a revelation of God. And Donald S. Uh, Whitney defines biblical meditation as deep thinking on the truths and spiritual realities revealed in Scripture for the purposes of understanding, application, and prayer. So meditation is just that. Meditation is where we spend time in God's Word. We reflect on it. We allow it to, to transform us. And meditation is the link between studying God's Word, reading God's Word, and our prayers. So meditation informs our prayers. But meditation also informs and directs our application, and it feeds our souls. So what does it practically look like to spend time in God's Word? What does it practically look like to meditate on the Word of God? Now I'm going to give you a couple of steps, um, but the first and most important step is to switch off any distractions. So if you have a cell phone, put it on airplane mode, throw it in the sea, give it to your dog to chew, but get rid of your phone next to you. Um, and, and just quiet yourself before God. If thoughts come up, uh, sort of these to-do lists, that we need, the tasks that we need to do during the day, write them down. Jot them down on a piece of paper, put it on one side and carry on to, to just quiet yourself before God. And the most important step of spending time in God's Word is of inviting the Holy Spirit, inviting the, the Helper, the Spirit of Truth, to lead us into truth as we discover the Word of God. Acknowledging the Holy Spirit and asking Him to, to come and break open the Word of God to us. To come and reveal uh, the Word of God to us. So that's so important when we start off uh, with Bible study. Then just the four R's of spending time in God's Word. Read, reflect, respond and rest. So if you don't have a Bible reading plan, I would really encourage you to, to get one. Um, in our Biblical Confessions and uh, Bible Diet booklets, we've got a reading plan, a Bible reading plan, so that you can use. 
Uh, obviously, we, we can't give it to you now, but as soon as the venue is open again, you can um, go to the info table and grab one there. But make sure that you have a good reading plan um, to structure your, your time that you spend with God. It just allows you to, to be more efficient in not jumping around between things, but structure it a bit. And I really want to encourage you, if you have the, the uh, ways and means to do it, get a study Bible. So there are a lot of study Bibles out in the market, but get a study Bible with good commentary that explains a bit of the context of the scripture, uh, gives you a bit, of, bit more background of, of why this was written, to whom it was written, and how was it relevant. Um, that just gives you a bit of perspective of, of the context of Scripture. But when you start off with your reading, start off with a portion of Scripture, read it out loud. And that is so important, read it out loud. Um, when, when, uh, in Psalm 1, verse 2, when it says meditate, that word meditate means to say it out loud. So read it out loud, read it a couple of times over, but read it carefully, read it prayerfully. And when you read it, and certain words or phrases jump up, write them down. Just pause for a moment, write them down in your journal and keep it there. So then we go over to reflect. And as you, as you go over that scripture again, allow the scripture to connect with you. And reflection is the, the part where we meditate. It's the part where we feast on the word of God. It's the part where we spend time in it. We, we taste it. We, we assimilate it. We take it in. We allow it to become part of us. And it's in this, this meditation moment where we ask the question, what is the saying to me about God? What is the scripture revealing to me about who Jesus is? More importantly also, what is the scripture saying about how do I apply this in my life? What would it look like if I apply this scripture in my life? So spend time in that moment just to reflect on scripture. And then we go over to respond. And that's basically talking to God about the Scripture. Telling God what you understand from Scripture. Praying the Scripture. So as I said earlier, prayer, um, meditation informs our prayers. If you don't know what to pray, pray the Scripture. Speak to God about what you feel in that Scripture. What stood out for you. And I pray that, that as we do that, as we commit to do that, that God will come and reveal to us what His heart is. So... If you don't know what to pray, go to the book of Psalms, spend time in it, pray over those scriptures. They are beautiful in delighting in God's word. And then the last are rest. So Andre also shared on that, don't rush off. Don't just go into your day. But take a couple of more minutes just to linger in God's presence. Take a couple of more minutes just to rest in who God is just to be with Him, just to spend time in His presence. And now allow Him just to come and speak to you. So I pray that tonight's message would just come and stir around in our hearts. That we would not only read the Bible, but that we will eat it. That we will delight in it. That we will feast on what God has prepared for us. That our Bible study and our time in God's Word will be fresh. That it will be so encouraging not to only to us, but to those around us. And may you, may you see the fruit of, of spending time in God's Word. May you see the fruit of meditating on God's Word. May we get to a place where we also say, Oh God, how I love your Word. I meditate on it day and night. So I, I want us just to reflect on this, uh, just this message. And 
I want us just to take a moment to just internalize where we are with the Word of God. What position does the Word of God have in your life? And if, you, if you've come to a place of knowing that you valued the Word of this world above the Word of God, I want to pray with you. I want to pray that God will come and restore that, that God will come and minister His grace into your life, that the Word of God will be that ultimate authority because you understand the value. So if that's you, wherever you are, just focus on, on where you are now. Forget about those, if you are some, with someone, forget about those around you. Just focus on where you are. And if that's you, I just want to ask you just to stretch out your hands. Just to receive this. Lord, thank you that your word is alive and active. Lord, thank you that your word is the, the steadfast foundation. That your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. That it's eternal, Lord. That it's unchanging. Lord, and I pray for those who We've realized that they've placed the word of this world above your word, Lord. I pray that as they come to repentance, Lord, that you will just come and minister to them. Bring a, a moment of refreshing where they just realize the value of your word. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will minister as the word of the spirit of truth, just truth into their lives of the value of God's word. I pray that there will be a deep desire, a deep conviction and a, an incredible hunger to feast on your word, Lord. Thank you that we are people, we, we can be people of the word. Thank you that we can build our lives on the solid foundation. And I pray that as we navigate the times that we are in, Lord, that we will be people of the word and people of prayer. That we will stand firm on your word because it's unfailing, it's unchanging. So church, we, we're going to respond in worship now. So I want to invite you to join us as we just respond just to worship God in song just adoring Him, turning our attention to Him and allowing Him to come and speak to us as well.